0: The Vancouver Canucks are finding ways to win when maybe they want to lose. The LA Kings are in a tight battle for first place in the Pacific Division. And the Ottawa Senators are fading from playoff competition. But they have a lot to play for down the stretch. We've got all that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast.
1: You're Locked On NHL. Your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Gil Martin here, and welcome everybody to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It is my pleasure to welcome to the national show for the first time one of the new co-hosts of Locked On Canucks, Trevor Beggs and Trevor, it's been an interesting roller coaster ride for Canucks fans. And now just when you thought they were going to be in the lottery situation and conversation, the Canucks are winning hockey games. What's what's going on?
1: Oh, it's just a typical Vancouver hockey. You know, it's it's that time of year in March where, you know, we get hopeful that maybe we're going to draft the top available prospect and then they start winning games, you know. Uh, so t- just another year in Vancouver, you know, and. Even we signed Aiden McDonough recently, it's just continuing that tradition of bringing in another young prospect to see what he's got, get all excited about it. Uh, It's par for the course in this market, Gil, unfortunately. It's uh, never a dull moment in Vancouver,
0: but it's often depressing. (laughs) Well, what has been the difference over the last five or six games? What what is this team doing better that's causing them to win? First and foremost, it's a two-word answer. It's Thatcher Demko.
1: You know, ever since he's come back, um, you know, he had a 928 state percentage going into the game against the Kings on Saturday night. And then certainly it increased after that. I, I believe it was yeah 40 shots against Then he led in two goals. So he's been unbelievable for the Canucks. Um, I think to a lesser extent, it's probably that structure and the foundation that Rick Tockett keeps talking about, you know, against the Kings again on Saturday, they they gave up a lot of shots, but not necessarily a lot of high danger chances. So I do think the team is uh, back checking a bit better and protecting kind of that home play area on the ice. Um, so it's making Thatcher Demko's job a bit easier, but it's it's really Thatcher Demko's been the story in terms of why the Canucks have been so good. Uh, and maybe I'll throw out a third reason. And that's, you know, JT Miller and Elias Pettersson have kind of made up for the scoring um that was left behind by uh your uh, for, your your now islander bo horvat um so bo horvat was obviously left a big void when he left vancouver and Beauvilliers has been scoring but i think an even bigger part of that has just been peterson and miller have been lighting the lamp since he departed
0: talk to me about boville i mean 16 points in 19 games since joining the canucks uh obviously more productive offensively than he was on long island how has he fit in and, and how has he done on the first line predominantly?
1: Well, I think that's a big part of it, Gil. You know, when when you can just come into a new hockey team and be slotted alongside one of the best players in the game today, in Elias Pettersson, it, uh, it makes your job a little bit easier. <laughs> but he's fit in seamlessly on that top line. I think it kind of works. Uh, it, it, this might be a bit of a weird comparison, but almost like a Zach Hyman light. Uh, you know, when you have when you're playing with Kuzmenko and Pedersen, you have two extremely, extremely skilled winger or skilled forwards. And Bovillier just has that kind of grinders mentality where he can go into the corners. He can forecheck. He's got some puck skills where he's definitely not a liability on that line. um, But, yeah, it does certainly help playing with uh, Kuzmenko and Pedersen. I'd be curious to see how he looked away from those players because. Even when you look at his underlying profile, there's nothing that really screams that this isn't sustainable. He's kind of producing the same amount of scoring chances, uh, the same amount of shots uh, individually at even strength that he was uh, with the New York Islanders. But again, when you play with Pedersen and Kuzmenko, it uh, certainly makes your job as an NHLer a lot easier.
0: Talk to me about Kuzmenko because I know he's produced on a really high level all year, but he doesn't get a lot of national attention as maybe some of the other players on the Canucks.
1: You know what, Gil? If Kuzmenko was six months younger, he'd be getting a lot more attention for sure. I mean, if he was a true NHL rookie, he would far and away be the leader for the call to this season. Uh, there was one stat I, I wrote about recently when I was talking about Kuzmenko, and there was only 40 rookies in NHL history who have scored 40 goals in their first NHL season. Uh, sorry, only 16 rookies who have scored 40 goals in their first NHL season and kuzmenko is on pace for that right now but again he's not a rookie so none of it's gonna make into the history books at the end of the day so uh he's been absolutely electric i don't know if any of us really expected or knew what to expect from him when he came to the canucks uh but he has been as advertised and now i know a lot of canuck fans and rightly so would quibble with the two-year extension given to him but man oh man if he keeps performing like this at five and a half million per season he's gonna be an absolute bargain whether that's for the Canucks or, or another team if he gets traded at some point down the road.
0: You touched briefly on an improved structure probably since the coaching change. What what else has the coaching change brought to this team?
1: Yeah, I think it's been most noticeable just in terms of their back-checking. You know, if you notice the forwards in the Canucks zone, uh, they're playing closer to the net now. So I think there's more support for the defenders which is very important to Vancouver because the defense isn't very good so I think the forwards have done a much better job of supporting the defense in the defensive zone um and and aside from that I do think Taka just wants his players to be creative um I don't think he's trying to stifle that creativity offensively you know Taka knows that any any half decent NHL coach knows you gotta you gotta let your offensive players shine um but he's empowered a couple of the guys too in that bottom six so uh, a couple unheralded guys, Dakota Joshua and Nils Amon, ha- have looked really good under Rick Tockett. They've kind of gone from that fringe AHL depth fourth line to like a solid third line role. And there's been a line of Connor Garland, Dakota Joshua, and Nils Amon that's really looked good under Tockett. And another guy that's looked good is v- uh, Vasily Colson. The ice time hasn't necessarily been there, but he's earned a recall. And when he is on the ice, he's, he's looking like an NHLer, so... I think there's a couple of individual performances that have or guys that have uh, uh, succeeded individually, uh, aside from just the overall structure of the team.
0: We talked about the Bedard situation and and all this winning obviously makes it a little tougher to get those uh, top lottery positions. But what are you looking for as we head toward the off season for the Vancouver Canucks? What is the plan?
1: Oh, Gil, why you got why you got to bring up Bedard, man? Why you got to do that to me? It's uh. That's sad. I think when we took over Lockdown Canucks, they're maybe the fifth worst or sixth worst team in the NHL. And, you know, I think fans of this market were dreaming the Vancouver kids finally gonna come home. Um, you know, this draft is obviously huge for that for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, you know, we've never won a lottery before. So no matter how far they climb the standings, I think that that hope that this is our year is finally gonna be there. Um uh, but in terms of the team overall, I think the biggest conundrum to fix is on defense. and, and specifically it's how does this team move forward when you're paying Oliver Ekman Larson and Tyler Myers a combined $13.3 million? Uh, I think the Myers one is maybe a bit easier to answer. He's got one year left after this year. But Ekman Larson, four years left at $7.26 million. Both of those players have been an absolute disaster this season. Both of them have continued to be bad under talking. I know OEL's got less of a, a run there because he's been injured. But I think it's – you need to marginalize the roles of those two or get them off the team, ideally. Um, and you need to find another top four, probably left-shot defenseman at this point. Um, but I think with Quinn Hughes, Philip Hronick, I think Ethan Bears shown enough to probably be Hughes' partner, uh, at least in the short to medium term. But maybe finding another uh, defensively inclined, responsible left-shot D to play with Hronick because he succeeded best in Detroit when playing with Ole Mata, who right. – you need to find someone of that ilk to play with Hronik, I think. Um, and again, just an improved top four would go a long ways to help in this group. because They can score goals, but the problem is they haven't been able to defend.
0: Well, we'll see how that plays out uh, the rest of this season and into the offseason. Trevor, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you and your co-host on social media?
1: Well, you can find the podcast on YouTube by searching Locked On Canucks. Again, we've had a nice run here of two and a half weeks, which started on March 1st of the Chronic trade. So uh, it's been a bit of a while, a couple of weeks here, but we've been having a lot of fun with it. And you can also find Locked On Canucks wherever you find podcasts. Uh, in terms of social media, I'm on Twitter at Trev Beggs, last name B-E-G-G-S. And then my co-host on Twitter, Kyle Bowen, uh, last name B-H-A-W-A-N.
0: All right, Trevor, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for stopping by.
1: Hey, you take care of our
0: Bull Horvat, okay, Gil? <laughs> Will do. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. next Partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to find one supplement that would meet all of my nutritional needs. Well, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water and that's it. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and Buy free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On LA Kings, Eddie Garcia. And uh, Eddie, last night's game notwithstanding, the Kings are playing some good hockey lately.
2: They really are. And, uh, you know, since the turn of the calendar, uh, things have certainly been improving and the Kings really helped themselves out at the trade deadline, uh, shoring up the two areas of need they needed to to shore up the most in goaltending and defense. And ever since the trade deadline, they've been one of the best teams in the NHL, have done a great job defensively and in goaltending. Uh, So, yeah, the Kings, uh, you know, look like they're trending in the right direction at the right time of the year, which is encouraging for Kings fans.
0: Let's talk about that goaltending, because Eunice Corposalo has really been shining. uh, You know, 3-0-1, goals against average, just under 2. How has he reacted to this trade, and and what has he meant to the Kings since coming over?
2: Uh, He's fit in very well. Um, It it certainly appears that uh, he is obviously now in a situation where he's going to be playing in meaningful games. Uh, which is, you know, I think every player, you know, he had played his entire career in Columbus. So there's always kind of a shock when you leave a team for the first time. But uh, I think uh, he's very excited to be on a team where he's going to get some action uh, and he's going to play in meaningful games. And it's been a very smooth transition. Um, I suppose, you know, when it's it's a goaltender, they kind of do their thing. It's not like, you know, incorporating a forward into your second line or something along those lines, which maybe would take a little bit more time as far as like a transition. but. He is, he's stepped in very well. Um, he's in a platoon situation with Phoenix Copley that actually alternated starts every game since the deadline, and they're both playing extremely well. Uh, they both have the same record, 3-0-1, and Copley's goals against average is actually better, and save percentage is actually better than Corpusalo, and Corposalo's been good. So there's a very healthy competition going on right now in net. Um, you know, it's a great problem to have at this point. I have no idea who they would turn to if the playoffs started today um, and there's a lot of discussion going on with that, obviously, amongst Kings fans. But it's a, again, I, it's a 1A, 1B right now. And I don't think it's a necessarily a bad problem to have. And I think both guys may be a friendly competition to push themselves a bit as well. Um, but Jonas Gorbachev has come in and really solidified things for sure. Um, you know, when you're in a tight race where every point counts and you're trying to win a division, which the Kings have done once in their existence, uh, and, you know, you like to get that home ice advantage. The Kings have been a very good home team this year then it's great to have another goaltender who you feel confident in that you could win every night. And frankly, that wasn't the case with, with Jonathan Quick while he was here. Uh, he's obviously gone on and turned things around a little bit in Vegas. But, uh, but no, Jonas Garbosal has come in, uh, fit in very well. And, uh, and the goaltending, which going into the season was a question mark, and then in the middle of the season was also a little bit of a question mark, has now been solidified. If the season ended now, do you have a
0: preference as to who you would uh, have in between the pipes for game one?
2: If I had to pick, I think I would go Corpus Allo. Phoenix Copley has been a tremendous story for the Kings this year. And in a lot of ways, you could argue he's been their MVP because, you know, when they were having a lot of issues in net with their two goalies, if people don't recall, Cal Peterson and Jonathan Quick was the tandem to start the year. Uh, Peterson got... Put on waivers and now is in the ahl and quick obviously has been traded so he uh came out of nowhere again really his numbers weren't great but he was one of those guys he just battles in net every game and he gives you a shot every night and that's really what he's done i think one game honestly he had a bad game And every other game he's allowing about two goals a game and that gives you a shot to win every night if you're a halfway decent team that said He has no playoff experience, and if anybody remembers what Jonas Corposalo did a few years back in Columbus when they beat the Leafs in the first round, and then he had that insane, like, 83-save performance against the Lightning in, like, a five-overtime game, I think he's shown when he's locked in, uh, he can get it done uh, at those types of moments. So uh, if I had to pick today, I think I would lean towards Jonas Corposalo, but uh, I think Phoenix Copley is a very solid option if things don't work out you know to go to your number two guy kevin fiala leading the team in scoring
0: but out right now day to day how important is it to get him back and do you have any news about when he may return to the lineup
2: yeah it's extremely important to get him back uh the kings are a much better offensive team than they were a year ago Um, but that said he as you said he's their leading scorer he was their big offseason acquisition to make the offense better He's helped out on the number one power play unit. Um, he's played on the third line, actually, which might surprise some people, but he's been very effective in that role. He's been up and down the lineup. They started him off on the top line. He played on the second line when there uh, was an injury to Trevor Moore, but he's been more comfortable and more productive on that third line. Um, and it obviously makes the Kings that much more of a deeper team, a team that's difficult to contend with when you're an opposing coach and you gonna you know, send your third line over the boards against their leading scorer. But... um, he's very important because he's the one guy on this team that can make instant offense by himself. Um, You know, there's a lot of skilled guys on the Kings, but he's the one who can go end to end at any point. So I've seen, you know, the last few games, the Kings offense has not been quite as productive as it has been. Um, In particular, the game on Saturday against Vancouver, they could have really used a guy who could turn it on and get things kind of going uh, in the right direction. So, They say he's day-to-day. That's always a little bit uh, iffy when it comes to the NHL. But everything we're hearing is that he should get back on the ice and start skating this week. uh, For people who don't know, he was injured in a knee-on-knee collision a few games back against Colorado. Those are always extremely scary. He did come back for one shift in that game and then left afterwards. So it seemed like that was a little bit of good news that he at least felt like he could go back out and test it but something didn't feel right, and uh, but again, what we're hearing is this week he'll get back on the ice. I'm sure it'll be another week before they even think about getting into a game if that timeline kind of holds up, so the encouraging thing is it appears he will be back for the playoffs.
0: Obviously, we're less than a month away from the end of the regular season. We're in the stretch drive now. Is there a team that the Kings want to avoid in the first round of the playoffs since you know, there's only a few possible teams they could face at this point.
2: Yeah, I don't know that there is. Um, I, I guess, and who knows how it could work out, but, you know, the Vegas situation with Jonathan Quick uh, is a very unusual one. Uh, Kings fans, and I'm sure some of the guys in the locker room, I don't know that they want to face Jonathan Quick, frankly. Um, not because they fear him necessarily, but just because you know I just there. Drew Doughty was on After Hours on Hockey Night in Canada last night, and he talked about there's a game. There's one game coming up between the Kings and Vegas. It's in Las Vegas, uh, and and they asked him about you know facing his old teammate, and it it was pretty clear that he wasn't looking forward to it, and it was not something he really wanted to even think about. So, um, I don't, and I know a lot of Kings fans would be very torn if. Jonathan Quick was the number one goalie for our you know one of our hated rivals in the playoffs it would be very very weird um but we'll see how it works and, and who knows if Jonathan Quick will even be the number one goalie when right. playoffs come around for Vegas obviously they've got some injury issues but I would I would think just from that standpoint not really an on ice standpoint but just that dynamic I think a lot of Kings fans would have very mixed emotions if the Kings had to face Vegas in a playoff series and Jonathan Quick was in net. Other than that, honestly, I know that, you know, Connor McDavid is playing out of his mind. Um, But the Kings played him last year, and we went seven games with them. And I think the Kings are a better team all around than they were last year. And I think a lot of Kings fans would like to get a little payback on Edmonton from last year. So I kind of think that's going to be the first-round matchup, but we'll see. But uh, I don't know that there's any fear of anyone in the Western Conference.
0: Fair enough, Eddie. Why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the podcast and where they could find you on social media?
2: Uh, obviously, it's locked on LA Kings uh, on YouTube and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. As we like to say, uh, we're on Twitter at Locked On LA Kings, and uh, personally, I'm at Eddie on Fox on Twitter. Um, so yeah, that should be. It's been a. It's been a great experience for me taking over the show uh this season it's been a it's been a fun season and uh really have enjoyed it so uh if any kings fans are out there that want to get on board uh once the playoffs you know are getting going here that would be great all right eddie thanks so much for joining us always a pleasure my pleasure Gil.
0: thank you today's episode is brought to you by built bar if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories then you've got to try a built bar What makes built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And listen to some of these amazing flavors like peanut butter brownie, churro, coconut almond, or my personal favorite, cookies and cream. And look, the macros are outstanding. Each bar averages just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but they pack a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, you know, you could still go to built.com to get these protein bars delivered directly to your home. Or if you want to get a box right away, just head to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and you can pick them up immediately in person. So it's built bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, available at built.com or at Walmart and Sam's Club. You can thank me later. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show a familiar face uh, to Locked On NHL viewers, a familiar voice to listeners, Ross Levitan, co-host of Locked On Senators. And Ross, a little bit of a rough patch here as the Senators are kind of falling out of contention. What's been the cause of the of the recent slump?
3: Oh, where do you want to start, Gillen? Appreciate you always having me on, on Locked On NHL, your team every day. But no, with the Senators, I mean, they're one five and one in their last seven games. It's been a real tough stretch. Started on a road trip where you lose five nothing in Chicago, you get off on the wrong side of that. They had a great win in Seattle where they gave up a three nothing lead, but ultimately got a five four victory, scored in the final two minutes. Alex to And you're like, okay, maybe that was an anomaly, the five nothing loss, because they were coming off a five game win streak. Jacob Chickren was getting in the mix. But then, I mean, it's just been downhill from there. Losses to Vancouver, Calgary, and then finishing the road trip, 6-3 loss in Edmonton. And they came home in two tough games, Colorado and and Toronto. They lose both of them by a 5-4 score, although the Leafs game was in a shootout. And it all comes down to goaltending at the end of the day. And we're not being too difficult on Matt Sogard. He's being put in a really tough situation right now, where we knew Anton Forsberg was out for the year. Two torn MCLs. Uh, one on each leg. Awful injury. We wish him the best successful surgery. But then Cam Talbot went out with an oblique injury. So they're on their third string goalie. And he's the reigning rookie of the month. He had a great February. But it's a lot to ask. The rigors of an NHL schedule. Game in, game out for a guy whose most games played he's ever played since junior is like 30. And with the COVID pause in there. So it, it's a lot. He's had 11 starts now in such a short period. And the Sens have allowed seven straight games with four or more goals and you're just frankly not going to win a whole lot when that's the case
0: you know you, you you did mention Jacob Chikrin how has he been fitting in what have his contributions been since the trade deadline
3: Yeah, you know what? He's been just fine. Four points in nine games, but those points all came in two different games. He had a goal and an assist on two separate occasions. He's still trying to figure out who his partner is, or maybe that's more of a team thing, right? Giving him that consistent partner that he can build chemistry with and find his way. I think what's going to be really exciting about this trade and why, despite the recent results for the team after going out and trading their first round pick to go get him, it's that he's signed for two more years. So you're not saying, oh, this is a, an awful deal, right? They're going to get rid of him so quick. No, he's he's going to be a part of the fabric of this team going forward. I mean, he was near tears after his first home game because his grandpa got to be at the game. They've, they've got a lot of deep family ties to the Ottawa and Ottawa Valley area. So... I think uh, it's just kind of the beginning of his time here. There's been a little bit of ups and downs, but on many nights he's led this team in ice time. In his uh, nine games here, he's averaging 21:33, and come as advertised, great on-puck stick, on puck defender, great active stick, jumps into the rush. So I think Sens fans are happy with the contributions and knowing there's more to come as he gets more and more comfortable in, in town.
0: There have been some bright spots in Ottawa, even with this recent slump, and it's got to start with Tim Stutzler.
3: It has to. I mean, Tim Stutzla, Timmy Superstar. We called him that since the day he was drafted, and he is making us look like geniuses. This guy, since January fifteenth, when he uh, when he turned twenty one years old, when he was able to drink in the United States legally, he's now the third leading goal scorer, point getter, rather, in the NHL. In those twenty seven games, he has been under two points in eight of the games. And the rest, he's either got two, three, or four points in every single game. It's unreal what he's being able to, to accomplish here in what is his third season. And to think he's signed for eight more years at 8.35 is truly remarkable. This is the last year of his entry-level contract, to to put it uh, frankly. And we had a, a timestamp. It was two back-to-back games against the Detroit Red Wings where are you going to have meaningful games or are you going to be the team that's on the outside looking in for the last 20? They beat the wheels off of Detroit, no pun intended there, but ever since, so 11 games here. Ottawa's 5-5-1, five, five and one, okay? Not great. Tim Stutzel's got 19 points in those 11 games. He is truly remarkable. He's he's only 21, like I said, and uh, his deal kicks in next year. So there is so much excitement around this young player, and he fits in on the line with Brady Kachuk so well because we know Brady. He's a net front presence, but Tim Stutzel's a one-man zone entry. Whenever he gets the puck in his own zone, bang, he's in, he's in the offensive zone, and he's making things happen. He's the type of player that puts fans in seats, and that's what he's been doing, selling tickets in Ottawa.
0: Yeah, no, he, he has really, really stepped up his game. And then another player with a, a big milestone right ahead of him, possibly Claude Giroux, coming closing in on 1,000 points. But
3: will he get there this year, or does he have to wait until October? Well, I'm going to stick with my, my initial prediction right when Ottawa signed him on July 13th, first day of free agency this past summer, and that's heck yeah. And he needed 77 points to get there. He was well on his way until a recent, he's only had one assist in his last four games, but it came on that game tying goal against uh, Toronto on Saturday night with 11 seconds left. They tie that game up, send it to overtime. He is such a good hockey player. Like you hear about him over the years, right? He's one of the leading scorers in the last decade in the NHL, the top power play score since 2010 in the NHL. But, Man, when, when you get to watch this guy game in and game out, it, it's truly impressive. The work ethic, he's he plays the game like a grinder, but then all of a sudden he shows these flashes of skill, shift in, shift out, that just make you believe. Like I think he's got four or five more years left in the tank. I know he has two years left on his deal right after this one, but I don't think he's going to be out of the game anytime soon. Just the way he plays, it's so much fun to watch. So uh, been a real treat, a part of the leadership group on this team. 67 points. In 69 games, he needs 10 more to get to a thousand and Ottawa is sitting in an opportunity here where they have 13 games left. So I say he does it. Gil. I say he does it. You talked a little bit about
0: goaltending and obviously injuries playing a big part. But how confident are you in the long term goaltending situation for the Senators?
3: yeah i'm still confident in mad Sogard. the big the great dane we call him six foot seven he's he's got great wingspan great leg like long legs he's able to seal off the bottom part of the crease it's just he needs to work on making himself look bigger in net which is kind of funny to say for a guy that size but he's been beat clean on a few looks from and he's not getting much help defensively like brady kachuk was the first guy to come to his defense and the captain just saying after the game like it's on us it's It's not on the young goalie. We have faith in him. He's the goalie of the future, and he's going to lead us to a Stanley Cup final. That's kind of the way that the captain uh, talked about him, but you can tell he's going through some growing pains, and we know Mads a little bit. He's a recurring guest on Locked On Senators, great guy, and you can tell he's a very, like, um, internalist, if that's the right word, where, like, I think he really takes it, personally when he, he lets it, he feels like he's letting the team down when he's letting in these goals and you can tell his confidence is just shot right now so I think right now it's a matter of they just called up Dylan Ferguson who they just signed two weeks ago to an AHL deal because right when you lose both your NHL guys everybody shifts up and Belleville's used nine different goalies this year so wow. it's just been a carousel down there they sign him he's played well in the HL. So now he's going to get a chance to back up Mads at least. And maybe he gets his first NHL game at Boston. Wouldn't that be a nice start <laughs> a, to, to go up against the NHL's best, but yeah, it's real tough. And then they've also got this kid in Finland, uh, not to get too deep into kind of unknown prospects, but Levy, Maryland led the Liga in shutouts this year with eight and uh, just had a tremendous year over there. And, uh, he's playing with Carpat and they've developed goalies like Pecarine and Mika Kiprasov just to name a couple. So he's coming from a bit of a goalie factory. So the third round pick in 2020, I think Sens fans have a lot of hope that he could be a part of the future mix in Ottawa.
0: All right, Ross, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast
3: and where they could find you on social media. Yeah, you can find us on social media at Sen Central. Uh, we were pretty active there on Twitter, on Instagram as well, locked on. Senators. And just like locked on Islanders, locked on NHL, you can find us on your favorite podio- aud- audio podcast platforms and on YouTube as well, locked on senators always appreciate you gill and i'm i'm rooting for you i don't know if i'm rooting for the islanders but i'm rooting for you that they have a solid finish the year i saw pajot got a goal last night and uh we're always following our hashtag sends abroad so uh we we obviously still have a very strong connection with jean gabriel pajot and i hope to see him have some success come spring
0: yeah he had a, a big game last night no doubt ross thank you so much always a pleasure likewise All right, want to thank everyone once again for making Locked On NHL your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game, NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game-to-Game covers every contest from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game-to-Game on Locked On NHL. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank my guest, Trevor Beggs of Locked On Canucks, Eddie Garcia of Locked On L.A. Kings, and Ross Levitan of Locked On Senators. I'm Gil Martin. I'm here every Monday bringing you the biggest stories from around the league. And Friday, I co-host the show along with Rachel Donner. Remember, Locked On NHL is here every Monday through Friday bringing you the biggest and most exciting stories from around the National Hockey League. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.